Well, hey, welcome to 1128 Community. My name is Mike, and I'm the lead pastor here. You know, our mission as a church is to help people do life different by setting rhythms and values with Jesus at the center. And we want to lead with love and extend extra grace to all because we could all use a little extra grace at times. Now, we understand as a church that we might not agree on everything, and that's totally fine. It's okay, really, it is. Uh, but what we hope to agree on is that the world needs more Jesus. Can you agree on that with us? You know, we've been in this series called Messy People, and it's a series for anyone that struggles to be perfect. And the reality is all of us struggle to be perfect. None of us are perfect. We all have things in our past, the way we parent, the way we manage our finances, the way that we interact with people. Maybe we failed at work. We have things that we regret, things that we feel guilty about or shameful of because we are messy people. Now, the first week we said God prefers our messiness to our pretending. And if you missed that message, I'd encourage you to check it out on our website. Just scroll down and you'll find that message right there. And then our second week, we said uh, that our failure is God's opportunity. All the times that we fail, it's a chance for us to know more personally, more deeply, the love that God has for us. And it is also an opportunity uh, that opens up ministry potential, potential that we didn't maybe even see for ourselves beforehand. Now this week, as I was preparing for this message, I, I was reminded of of a time that Colleen and I were looking for a new car. Uh, we lived out in California, and uh, I remember very specifically that, that we needed a car because we'd moved into a season where we couldn't share a car any longer. The ironic thing is, as we were going car shopping, the car that we shared, it, it blew a gasket. And it, it was kind of the downward trajectory for that car. And so uh, we were driving, we were stuck in traffic on, on the, the 101 in California, going to Gilroy, where we were going to find a cheaper car than we would find in the Bay Area. And I remember really vividly, uh, we're sitting there, stop traffic. Everybody's zooming by us on the left in the carpool lane. And I looked at Colleen and I said, you know what? We got to get in that carpool lane because it's going to take us forever otherwise. And I put the pedal all the way down, just trying to get up to speed to go from like zero to 75 or 80 in about 60 seconds in my 2001 Dodge Stratus. It was a lot of work. And I, I, I'm not a car guy, but I remember the noise that the car made. It was like this weird thud, just a thud. And it took a little while, but we got up to speed. But for the next several months before that car officially died, the engine thudded regularly. And I, anyways, as we were going car shopping to get that second car, we were driving through fields. And now Gilroy is known as the garlic capital of the U.S. And so when you think of California, you probably think of like grapes and vineyards. But in Gilroy, it's garlic. And as you get closer to Gilroy, your nose starts to feel that burn. As you get even closer, maybe even into Gilroy, your eyes might start watering because the garlic smell is so strong. Now, as we're driving into Gilroy, we're getting off the highway and looking at all these fields of garlic. I remember the people out there 
bent over on their knees, picking garlic by hand or watering it or doing whatever you do to garlic. There were just tons of workers out in the fields, tending to the plants, caring for the plants, working hard, making a day's wage. Now that story is kind of similar to to a story that Jesus tells. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 20 about the vineyard workers. These these workers that they worked in the, the field all day and at the end of the day they got paid. Now the thing is, the vineyard owner, he went out early in the morning. He went out early in the morning to find some, some guys to work in the field for him. And he, he agreed to pay these guys a fair amount for a day's work. And they said, sure. And they went and they got to work right away. They were down on their hands and their, and their knees, working in the dirt, tending to the crops, taking care of the field, taking care of the vines. Uh, a few hours later, the owner, he went out and he found some more workers for the field. And he agreed to pay them a fair price as well. And a little while later, he went back and he found more workers again. And all of these workers, they worked hard, some longer than others, some shorter. And at the end of the day, the owner said, hey, it's time to come in. And I love in in the message, uh, verses 9 through 12 of Matthew chapter 20, where, where we get this story and we understand what happens here. Uh, we, we hear that those hired at five o'clock, they came up and they were each given a dollar. When those who were hired first saw that, they assumed that they'd get far more. And that makes complete sense because you and I would assume the same thing. Like I worked 12 hours, that guy worked just two hours. He got a dollar for two hours, so maybe I'll get six dollars for working 12. But the, they got the same, each of them one dollar. Uh, taking the dollar, they groused angrily to the manager. These last workers, they put on only an easy hour and you just made them equal to us. Those of us who slaved all day under the scorching sun. Now, it's interesting, like they were all paid a dollar, a flat rate. Like everybody got the same exact amount. It didn't matter how long you worked or how short you worked. You were all paid the exact same amount. And in verse 16 of chapter 20, uh, Jesus actually says that this is like the kingdom of heaven. So the last will be first and the first will be last. You see, the kingdom of heaven is, is like the vineyard. It's like the workers in the vineyard. It's this upside down reality. The kingdom of heaven looks nothing like what we would expect based here on earth. The, the first will be last and the last will be first. Now, I think some of us relate to this story, maybe more than we want to admit even, because we all want fairness. We all want equality. We all want to be compensated for the work and the effort and the time that we put in. We do. And I think that's probably why a lot of times our employers say, hey, don't talk about what you make. Because if we talk about what we make with each other, with our coworker, with our, our person that's in the cube next to us, we might say, hey, you know what? I have way more experience. I have way more schooling. I got a lot of things going for me and they're making more than me. And we might realize like, hey, I'm not being compensated fairly. This isn't equal. 
And maybe we start to grumble like these workers in the field. But the reality is we want fairness. We want to be compensated fairly. But here's the thing about Jesus. Here's the thing about the kingdom of heaven. It's not fair. It really isn't fair. Uh, no matter how messy you might be today or, or how messy you think your neighbor is or isn't, forgiveness to you and to your neighbor is the exact same. There's no more forgiveness if your life is really screwed up. There's no less forgiveness required if you're just a liar. The forgiveness that Jesus offers, it's equal. It's equal. It's the same level of forgiveness across the board. And the reason for that is that forgiveness ain't fair. Forgiveness ain't fair. If it were fair, there'd be things required of some of us to receive forgiveness and less things required of others of us to receive forgiveness. But that's not how it works. Forgiveness is offered the same amount of forgiveness, no matter how broken, how messy, how sinful we are. We all get the same level of forgiveness. Now, if you're here today watching this right now, and you're like, man, I've received that forgiveness. I have a relationship with Jesus. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to live like Jesus lived. I want to challenge you to forgive unfairly. To forgive unfairly. To, to grant forgiveness to the people that maybe don't deserve it. That that maybe you would say, man, you've got to do something for me so that I can forgive you. That's not how the kingdom of heaven works. And you have an opportunity as a person that loves Jesus, has a relationship with Jesus, has experienced the forgiveness of Jesus to forgive unfairly and to show people that don't yet know Jesus that the kingdom of heaven is available to all of them. It's available to them. That there's no difference in forgiveness. Forgiveness ain't fair. Now, if you're watching this and you don't know Jesus, you haven't experienced that forgiveness, maybe you think like, man, my mess is just too big. My past is too broken. I got things that I regret. I got things that I carry with me that I'm guilty about or I feel shame for. I'm telling you, you don't have to pay anything more. You don't have to do anything more. You don't have to, to say anything more. You don't have to give more of your time. The reality is the forgiveness that's offered to those of us that are very like uh, particular and, and very uh, like small messiness people, uh, the forgiveness that's offered to us or maybe some of you watching is the same that's offered to me or some of us that are really, really messy, broken people. And that forgiveness it covers all of it. It covers all of it. That forgiveness, it restores the relationship that's broken between us and God. And that's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants to be the bridge, the healer, the restorer of that relationship between humanity, between you and me, between us and God. And that's only possible through the forgiveness of Jesus. Jesus making a way on the cross, saying, you know what? You can't fix your messiness on your own. Your broken, 
people. But I'm going to make a way. I'm going to take your spot and I'm going to offer forgiveness. A forgiveness that covers everything. And all you got to do is choose to receive it. And so if you haven't yet chosen to receive this forgiveness that Jesus has for you, I encourage you, take that step right now. Say, Jesus, I I receive what you're offering to me. Help me to do life different. Help me to experience this unfair forgiveness. Help me to, to live life with you. I think if you do that, You're going to experience freedom. You're going to experience uh, less shame, less guilt. You're going to be comfortable being you. You won't feel like you have to pretend. You're going to allow God to, to really do life with you. Now, here's the thing that we all need to remember, especially those of us that call ourselves Christians and attend church regularly, maybe we're in a small group, maybe we're connected to to other people. A mess is a mess. It's all the same in God's eyes. Whether it's a murderer or a liar, a mess is a mess. And the forgiveness that Jesus offers us through the cross, it's the same forgiveness regardless of the mess. You know, as Christians, we push people away when we start trying to put rules and and things on what they have to do to receive this forgiveness. They have to look a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way. But the reality is Jesus says, you know what? All you have to do is receive this forgiveness. And this forgiveness, it ain't fair. It's the same forgiveness. It covers all of the mess for everyone. And so here's why it matters. Here's why it matters that we receive this forgiveness. It helps us understand how to live. It helps us understand what it looks like to live like Jesus, to forgive like Jesus, to show people, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, our family, that there's nothing too big for Jesus, nothing that can't be forgiven. And there's people out there that they're just wanting to know, is my mess forgivable? If you don't believe me, check out this story in Luke chapter 23. Jesus is is hanging on a cross next to a couple criminals. The one criminal is mocking Jesus and saying, like, "If if you're the son, get down off of here. And the criminal on the other side, he's realizing, man, maybe this, maybe this is God's son. The one that they call Lord, maybe he can forgive me. Maybe he can help change my eternity. Maybe maybe Jesus is who he says he is. And if he is, I want him to remember me. And it says in Luke 23 uh, that the one criminal said, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Remember me when you enter your kingdom. And then Jesus says back to him, Don't worry, I will. Today you will join me in paradise. You know, some of us, we're, we're wanting to be remembered. We haven't yet experienced the forgiveness of Jesus. And we're missing out on a life with him. And Jesus tells us, it's not too late. 
It's not too late. There's nothing more that you have to do, say, pay, or give. This is a gift for you. I will remember you if you receive it. My prayer is that you would receive this gift of Jesus, that it would be life-changing, that you'd be able to do life different, that you would understand my messiness, it's not too big. In fact, we're all messy people, but the forgiveness of Jesus, it ain't fair. The same forgiveness that's offered to my friend next to me that looks like a good person is the same forgiveness available to me, and it covers it all. If you're there today and you want to receive this forgiveness of Jesus, just pray this prayer. Say, God, I need to experience your forgiveness in my life, this unfair forgiveness. And God, help me to do life different. Help me to do life with you. Pray that in your name. Amen. And for those of you that have that relationship with Jesus, would you learn to forgive unfairly? Would you live like Jesus? Would you do life different? And would you tell people, your mess is not too big because forgiveness ain't fair.